He's Howard Eibach, a former copywriter and creative director and the author of two books on the creative brief. And he's Henry Gomez, an ad agency strategist with 27 years of experience, actually more than 27 years of experience. Together, Henry and I are the Brief Brothers. We love talking about the creative brief, briefing and advertising. We are back, Henry. Today, we are going to continue uh, a kind of a, a new thing we're doing, which is uh, we're going to break down a creative a piece of creative and do a reverse engineering exercise to see if we can figure out the brief. And today we're picking out a classic. I think we recently did a, a kind of a classic reverse engineering with some spots from Apple. Today we're going to do a Super Bowl spot for Snickers in 2010 with Betty White, which I think changed the game, no pun intended, for Snickers. So this was the beginning of I think a pretty powerful campaign, but this was the kickoff. <laughs> Sorry with the sports analogies here. The puns. The puns, can't help it. So let's take a look at this classic. You're playing like Betty White out there. That's not what your girlfriend said. Oh, baby. Oh, 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 Better? Better. Hey. That hurt. You're not you when you're hungry. Snickers satisfied. All right, Henry, as the strategist, I've got some thoughts on this. Um, you know, what we are going to try to do here is figure out the brief. So, so we're not going to do like the entire brief, but some of the key questions that we would normally explore when we're writing a brief as an exercise, which we encourage all brief writers to do as a thought exercise. Um, where would you start on this one? Would you want to start with the problem, with the insight, single minor proposition? What's, what are some of your thoughts? So the current brief template or format that I use has the first question is the context, like what's going on that we need to do anything. And um, I, I think that, again, when we're doing this exercise, we don't have any particular knowledge into the situation. But as a strategist, I could very easily see uh, the strategist or the planner receiving a bunch of information about Snickers, the category, et cetera, et cetera. And really the context here probably was one of decline of the brand and decline of the category. Um, we've seen this in other categories, kind of related categories like carbonated soft drinks, you know, that carbonated soft drinks took off in the 20th century. They, they were huge. And then in like the late 80s and the, in the 90s, we started to see a decline in consumption in, in carbonated soft drinks for a lot of reasons, health-related reasons, et cetera, but also changing preferences and tastes as things like Snapple started coming online and so forth. And I think probably that's what we were uh, seeing here. I, I, if I had to guess, there was some data somewhere that was saying, look, we're, we're lagging our competitors in a declining category. Um, and that category is candy bars. And I think that that kind of sets up um, maybe the brief that led to this spot. I think that's a great observation. So the problem we could say would be uh, how to address the decline or the fall off of, of market share for Snickers. So what do you think, I mean, the objective seems 
pretty clear then. If we know what the problem is, the objective would be to boost sales. But that kind of seems to me as a default objective. Of course, we want to boost sales. Could we be more refined than that? Yeah. So, and then this is the question that neither of us know was whose idea it was, whether it was the strategist's idea. And I could believe that it might be a strategist or maybe the creatives or together collaborating was the idea of repositioning Snickers outside of the candy bar category. Like how do we break the scheme that we're currently trapped in, in a declining category? Well, let's pretend we're in another category. And that category is a snack food, right? Um, And where that comes from, I could only speculate, but it it might've come from um, a list of benefits and features, right? Like if we're talking about Snickers compared to some of its competitors, it's got peanuts in it. It's a it's a good healthy size to it. Um, it feels like it has more sub because of the peanuts. It feels like it has more substance to it than just chocolate or sugar, right? So I think that perhaps um, in that you know articulation of well, we're we have a bigger serving size where we have peanuts is very hearty. It's a very filling uh, uh, candy bar that maybe someone got the bright idea and the light bulb turned on and said, you know what, what if we treat this almost like a nutrition bar or some sort of a fulfilling snack that cures hunger rather than being a sweet treat. Almost like an energy snack exactly. or something. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And okay. they don't, they don't make that implicit. They, they don't make that explicit promise. They kind of make it implicitly, though, and that right. when they're showing the activity of playing sports. He's not performing his best. He eats the Snickers, and then he's back to normal. So there's an implicit promise there that this is food. This, is, this will give you the benefits of food. It's not he's the occasion here isn't that he's craving a sweet treat or he's craving chocolate or he's craving caramel. It's really, um, you know, and we see it with the with kind of the the end line there of you're not yourself when you're hungry. Right. So right. it's kind of to restore balance in this person's uh, nutrition, I guess, is if you want to call it that. But again, it is advertising, right? So we're, we're stretching a little bit uh, reality here, but I think you can make the argument that of all the competitors, Snickers, because of the nature of the candy bar, was in a good place to make this claim where maybe some of the others couldn't. Well, I think Paul Feld would, would probably nod his head and say, this is great entertainment, you know, and that's really what it accomplished. Um, now I've seen, I can recall two of these spots from the campaign and, and, and Maybe you have others. The one that I remember, of course, is this one. This is the most famous one, Betty White. The other one I remember is with Elton John. So thinking back on those two, I'm trying to, you know, to answer the next question on a brief is who are we talking to? Now, the the answer seems pretty clear based on the on the Betty White uh, version of this. Um, Not quite as clear if you look at the Elton John, although the players or the participants in each of those spots were young and they tended to be young men, although not exclusively young men. There were a couple of women in both of those spots. So how would you go about answering the question, who are we talking to? 
Well, I think you're right. And I, I don't remember off the top of my head with the, the situation in the Elton John one, but in this one with Betty White, certainly, you know, we see this young man playing tackle football. Um, you know, it looks like it's a fall day. The field's kind of muddy and it doesn't seem very warm. Um, it's football weather basically. And um, if casting were to give us a hint, and I think it's, it's a, it's, dangerous to sometimes do that because you can cast people that have nothing to do with the target audience i'm thinking about um where's the beef right we had three video ladies in that commercial but they weren't targeting video ladies they were targeting the rest of us they were just using them for comic effect just like here we're using betty white for for comic effect and abe vigoda by the way so i think but i think that the nature of the football teams gives us a good idea of who the target was here. It was kind of youngish men, um, probably more likely to be impulsive about what they eat, um, uh, more likely to be snacking. um, uh, And also in the mindset of, oh, I burned a bunch of calories, therefore I can afford to have this snack. So um, again, with no particular insight into this brief, I, I I think they were targeting uh, young adults uh, skewing definitely male. Yeah, I, I just to to bring you up to speed, the setting for the Elton John version of this is a bunch of young black men and a couple of women uh, having a bit of a, a wrap off, and they turn to the guy who is going to supposedly win and be the best singer, the best rhymer rapper. And it's Elton John doing one of his classics, wearing a glittery jacket and wild glasses and clearly not fitting in. And all his buddies stop him and say, come on, man, what are you talking about? What are you doing here? And they give him the Snickers. Mm-hmm. He becomes he becomes the one, you know, one of the one of the buddies. I think it's, it, it's the I same think, scenario. Yeah, I think probably what you're seeing there just from the description is an evolution from the first spot is kind of, I think, providing that very literal physical transformation, you know, in an athletic endeavor um, to then they started to really grow that proposition of you're not yourself. Mm-hmm. And they realized there's a lot of different you're not yourselves that you could take it to. Right. It doesn't um, have to be a physical. It doesn't have to be a sports thing. It could be lots of different things that we do everyday life. Yeah. And, and I think probably part of that had to do with um recognizing what worked as a formula in the first one right celebrity recognizable celebrity fish out of water recognizable celebrity um and then it's a point of replicating that formula just like we see in hollywood right like how do you top yourself how do you and make it more inclusive you know to different audiences and 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 you know capitalize on that successful formula i'm going to skip the neck to the next question you know no particular order and ask what do you think the single-minded proposition was and i i have a thought on this um so i'm going to jump in ahead of you and i'm going to go out on a limb and say that on those rare there are a number of rare occasions we've talked about in the past where uh the single-minded proposition ends up as public facing language sometimes as a tagline sometimes as a headline sometimes as the the main idea. I think there's at least a possibility that the you're not yourself when you're hungry could have been 
a single-minded proposition for this or brief. or an insight right so right. i think i think that's it i think it's a key insight i think you know we have a lot of pop culture expressions about hunger like uh, my my stepdaughter is fond of using of using the expression hangry because she gets very hangry when you know <laughs> when she's hungry um and so people get irritable and i think that that's a one facet of not being yourself when you're hungry you know some people get a headache some people get irritable um in this particular example that we're showing is like not performing physically to the best of his ability or the expected uh, ability. Um, so I think uh, that you're not yourself when you're hungry or some version of that, um, maybe not as well copywritten, um, was probably something, could be something like the insight. I think the, the promise or the single-minded proposition could be something like um, Snickers is a snack not it's it's more than a treat it's a snack right yeah and so more that kind of candy yeah yeah it's 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 more than just candy it's food um and maybe that's not super sexy but definitely it's a line that that you could see could develop into this creative again the objective here is then to figure out exactly what the line was but to think of a line that could have led credibly to this creative and i think the idea of of positioning um, the candy bar as food or as more like a real food than a, a, a sweet treat or an indulgence um, was something that had to have been articulated or should have been articulated, would have been articulated in the brief. Well, I like to quote my buddy, Henry Gomez from time to time. And he has said in the past that, and this is a teachable moment really, uh, and talking about this, the objective or the goal for writing a single-minded proposition is to inspire. And you've said before many times, if I can't inspire, I want to be at the very minimum clear. So the, I, the couple of the lines that we've tossed out here as possible single-minded propositions, I think definitely fit the clear objective. Um, whether they are inspiring or not, we don't know because you don't have the brief, but- And we're also- trying to do it on the fly in 30 seconds right. as opposed to right. sitting down and and contemplating it and scratching out a bunch of stuff and and you know doing the due diligence of the headline exercise or whatever so yeah exactly and and but it's a great thought exercise it's something that all of us in in our industry can do every day in just a matter of seconds or a minute or two as we encounter a message just ask these questions over and over again uh, one thing I wanted to add um, that we haven't talked about a lot in these um, a creative brief kind of reverse engineering exercises is tone. And mm. I think that that might have been a really important part of this brief. And the reason I say that is because um, uh, Snickers is part of the Mars confectionery division. I, I work on a couple of brands in the Mars pet care division. And I don't know if this was the case back in 2010, but I assume that it was. It's true now in the pet care division. Um, each brand has a brand archetype. And it's really important to stay within um, that archetype and that tone because they have a portfolio of brands. And sometimes those brands overlap in terms of need state and stuff. So the way they 
kind of define a bright line in terms of communication is by setting a, 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 an archetype and a tone that's specific to that brand. And from what I could see here with the the uh, it could be a, like a jester brand, right? So it's a brand that's trying to make you laugh, um, pointing out absurdity of everyday life. Um, so uh, I, I think that tone probably here was something that was definitely clear on the brief of like, hey, this has to be a humorous uh, spot where a candy bar, um, you know, this is the way we speak. We, you know, we, we poke fun at things. Um, so. So just kind of to wrap up here, when you do this, speaking now to our viewers, when you do this exercise, understand that you're not going to have the information, just as Henry and I don't have this information. We're kind of using our combined multiple decades of experience to make educated guesses, our understanding of the, of the category and working with briefs all the time. But this is a great opportunity for you to just practice your muscle, pr practice honing your, your muscle memory and practicing that idea of how do I get to the, how do I figure out what the key elements are of this brief are? And it's something and, we can do every day. And we're, we're doing it here verbally, but I think the real right. way to do this is to take a template and actually try to filling it out and try, look at the spot a few times, fill it out, look at the spot again, see if there's anything you change, you know, challenge your thinking. And, and, and the point here is, yes, writing a brief, like telling you, oh, write a brief for such and such a brand is a good exercise, right? But that requires you having to research it and do, mm -hmm. and it's, and it's time consuming. This, I think is a little less time consuming. It's not a substitute for writing a brief from scratch, but it can help you to start thinking about like, oh, how would I describe this target audience of young 20-somethings that are physically active, that are impulsive about the foods they eat or whatever, and, you know, create something. You know, I talk a lot about a trick strategists use to nickname their target right. audience, like come up with a few nicknames, like what are we going to call, you know, these are slacker sport weekend sports stars or whatever, <laughs> like you, it, doesn't matter what it is, as long as you believe that it's credible to what you're seeing on, on the screen and you practice that. Good stuff, Henry. Good stuff, Howard. He's Henry Gomez. And he's Howard Ibach. And together we're the Brief Brothers. Till next time. Bye-bye.